Hello, I think I can hear you now. Okay, hello. Hello, hello. hi Steve. Hi, how are you? I'm good, can good. you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear. My name is Steve Joel. I'm a radio host from New Zealand and a Warhammer 40k fanatic. I don't know what to call you. Is it Mr. Winters? Is Winters your surname or your last name or are you just like Cher and Madonna and it's just Winters? Uh, no, Winters is my handle. Uh, my name's Jamie. I'm not secret about it. You can call me Jamie or Winters, but the only people who really call me Jamie are family. Right. So or <laughs> my wife, I'm normally in trouble. I've been Winters for a long time. This series on the Frontline Gaming Network is a chance for us to hear from the people who've changed the way we all play, or paint, or read, or collect and consume 40K. Whatever the reason you love this hobby, I want you to meet the Game Changers. You've got Winters SEO, Swindon Elite Ops, and there's many other SEOs out there. And uh, my name was Winters. So I've got friends, real friends, uh, who don't even know my real name. <laughs> Isn't that funny? This is episode five, and we've already learned a lot. In the next 40 minutes, we'll hear about the amazing risk taken by Jamie and the extraordinary vision he has for everyone in 40K. This episode of 40K Game Changers is brought to you by the Frontline Gaming 40K Events Express Pass, a virtual ticket for any three events run by Frontline Gaming through to the end of 2022. Events like the LVO 22, the BAO, SoCal, and the New Orleans Open. 14 events to choose from. Just pick any three and save over 23% on the ticket price on average. Get a COVID-proof Express Pass, but get it soon. There are only a few left. The link is in our show notes. Now, let's properly introduce our guest. My guest today has been producing content for more than six years and has amassed nearly 92,000 subscribers on his YouTube channel. His battle reports routinely get 50, 60, 80,000 views, which makes him one of the most watched people in 40K. One of his videos has been watched 500,000 times. He's almost as well known for the ever-present cheese cutter hat as he is for the silky, smooth, gentle, joyful nature of his narrative. He is Winters. Thank you for joining Hello. us. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> Silky smooth narrative. I'm not sure if I'd agree with that. Bumbling idiot is more of my <laughs> shtick, I think. Well, I see. I get that the impression that that's the but the voice. You have this voice that is just so uh, easy to listen to and follow along with. Um, Thanks. It's all mine. I made it myself. Now the the hat. Is that yes. just always been a part of you? Is it part of the... The hat. Um, uh, I wear hats. I've always... Well, not always, but I've worn hats quite a bit once since my hairline started receding many, many years ago. <laughs> right, right, right. And uh, I just started... I, I was wearing it when I made my first few battle reports and, and showed my face. I remember doing a few battle reports where I took it off, and some people, right back at the start, when I was only a few thousand subs, like, no, where's the hat gone? Where's the hat gone? So I stuck it back on my head, and it's it's come become a feature now, like a trademark. Yeah, really. It's like Jamiroquai. Probably our younger people yeah. won't know that, but 
uh, that reference. Uh, let's see, if we can go back to the beginning, uh, because I had yes. a look, you know, all the way back in the in the start, you produced a video and it's uh, it was 30-odd minutes long or 40 minutes long, something like that. How and why did you start doing this thing? Had you been playing the game for a long time and you just had this idea? Well, why did the battle reports start? Um, I've been playing the game since it came out. had a bit, bit of a break in it, but playing the game since it came out. And uh, when I met my wife... Back then, my girlfriend, um, I was already, I was a very early adopter of YouTube and watching battle reports on YouTube. And I think the main reason for that was, um, that was around 4th, 5th edition time, and I was going to lots and lots and lots of tournaments with my friends. And one of the good things, and Mini Wargaming was on, and there were a couple of other people who were producing battle report content back then, but they tended to only be very short videos. And I was watching battle reports as a way to understand other armies. And then I met my girlfriend, who became my wife. And uh, I was watching a lot of content. And she was saying, well, why don't you make some videos? You've got a good gaming group with some scenery and XYZ. You could make that as well. And I said, well, I, I don't really know how to. She said, well, just, just film it on your phone and stick it on the internet. I don't really know how to. But I filmed it on my phone and gave her my phone and said, you do it, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. So she edited it all together and started a YouTube channel called Winters SEO because that was my handle, that was my online handle at the time. Right. She didn't know what else to call it. And then the first video went up. So it started because of her encouragement. Isn't that wonderful? So, yeah. And then I did another one and gave her my phone again and she said, how many of these are you going to do? I said, I don't know, a few maybe. And here we are. <laughs> and here we are. How long? How many videos did she hold your phone for? Did she film for? Uh, uh, she did the first two. Right. And then uh, when I got to the third one, she was like, I better show you how to do all this. Because yeah. um, it, it's quite well known amongst my community that I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm very bad at tech. I'm Strangely enough, I'm a technophobe. I don't understand bits. I need people to show me what to do with pictures and crayons and coloring in about five <laughs> times over before it sinks into my head. All right. Now, I was going to ask this later, but it feels like the right time. So behind the scenes, are you still using your phone to film this? Or have you, because I saw in a, a recent video, you've, you're behind the scenes video that you posted not long ago. You've got lights now, great looking lights. I've got lights. Studio that looks magnificent. Yeah. But do you have a proper camera set up? No. <laughs> she did buy me a lovely camera a number of years ago, but it had lots of buttons on it. Right. And I tried to film a battle report and ended up losing some footage in the filming process. And then I tried again and ended up losing lots of footage during the editing process. So I, I gave up on the camera and went back to the phone. So I'm back yeah. on my phone again. But it works. But, you know, the, the thing is, the quality is is great it sounds good it looks good it's so i don't know if you need to upgrade to a flash camera i don't know if you need to now because many phones now can record in ultra hd so long as you get a chip a, like a memory card in them to because the the videos the file size is massive now right so uh, most phones memories can store like maybe one battle report if you do it at ultra high quality so um, so I got a, a SIM card, so it stores lots and lots of data. Right. And, uh, yeah, cameras these days are wonderful. Well, phones these days, the camera quality on them is wonderful. It's amazing, isn't it? And I guess it just yeah. makes life a lot easier for you 
as part of the filming yeah. process. You don't need to be lugging around a lot of gear. You've got your phone. You're good to go. Um, yeah. So that first video you did is 48 minutes long. It's Admac versus Chaos Marines in 7th edition. Uh, yes. In the first three years, all of the reports, just from you know the little bit of research I was able to do, seemed to be somewhere between 30 and 45 minutes. And then you did an apocalypse report that was closer to an hour and a quarter or an hour and a half. And that had some good viewer numbers. Was that the kick you needed to do longer battle reports? Not really. What happened was is when, when I first started, uh, there was two types of battle reports, really. Well, there might have been more, but there was mainly two types of battle reports on YouTube. And that was the ones that showed all the dice rolling like I do now. And there were a, a good chunk, 50% of the battle reports would have been summary battle reports where there was barely any or zero dice rolling in and just summarized what was happening and how it was happening. And I started off doing summary battle reports. Um, and back then, I think the reason why summary battle reports were quite big was also because YouTube and battle reports on YouTube were still a relatively newish thing. And memory sizes on cameras, memory sizes on phones, memory sizes. So it, there was a there was a audience for it. A lot of people looked for um, summary battle reports and narrative battle reports rather than all the dice rolling and all the ticks and tricks. But it was clear over time that more and more and more viewers were coming online and more battle report things were appearing. It was clear over time that um, the the future was in dice rolling, was in showing everyone everything. So, uh, yeah, after about three years, I switched, basically. Yeah, and... Uh... Obviously, the reception for that was good because you stuck with it and you kept on going with it. I do like the dice rolling in games, I have to say, and I feel like, I'm not sure, but I feel like I've been watching you for a few years and I might have been around when you were discussing this on camera, you know, whether yeah. or not to keep dice rolling in or take dice rolling out. And I've always liked the dice rolling because that, that to me is the 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 moment of um, suspense, you know, will he make it, will he not make it, and that's where you see it happen. Exactly. Um, exactly, exactly. People like to be the fly on. I mean, when I watch a lot of battle reports as well, you like to feel like you're the third person in the room yeah. experiencing what's going on, the fly on the wall. And um, yeah, I also think YouTube as well has grown. These days, it's not uncommon for there to be two, three, four hour videos on YouTube. You've got Joe Rogan podcast going for three hours and yeah. gamers yeah. like Tim the Tapman on Courage JD streaming for five, six, seven hours. It wasn't like that six years ago. YouTube's content was smaller, well, shorter, shall we say. So the fu the future technology, the the ecosystem that is YouTube has grown and changed. And strangely enough, I grew and changed with it. That's that's all it is. Right. And then, um, you know, I don't want to jump around too much and, and leap forward in time too far, but then a couple of years ago, you and Liam Dempsey collaborated kind of for the first time. How did that come about? Deploymentzone.tv. Yes, yes, which we will definitely be plugging. I mean, obviously, we'll um, get through the deployment zone stuff, but... Yeah. So, well, monetizing, monetizing any creative content is difficult, isn't it? Um, and what we were trying to do is... It's the dream to do Warhammer... to play your hobby full-time, to do Warhammer 40K content full-time, and... Uh, there's a number of ways you, we could have done that, um, but all, ultimately it comes down to trying to find ways to monetize the content and trying to find ways to ask the community to support us. Yeah. And 
I think tabletop tactics started off with that um, uh, model right at the very start when they, when they launched. But before that, there was Striking Scorpion, there was Mini Wargaming. So these trailblazers already had a model out there, the, the big guys, the successful guys. And um, more power to them. I'm really, really pleased. The more people who can get into this hobby full time means the more content there is for us all to enjoy. So we basically copied what they were doing right. and asked people to support us. And we've been very, very lucky in the fact that we, 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 um, we've got to a point where the, the support is at a level now where I've this year, well, last year, 2020, I started doing this full time. Yeah. So, but how did you and Liam first sort of come across each other and uh, decide that, you know, you got on well enough to at least have a crack at this? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it it sounds, it, it would be lovely if I could tell you there was a plan and we did this and we did that and we thought, I'd, lo I'd love to tell you that, but that's just not how my brain works. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, we, I had a, different sponsor back then I'm now sponsored by Element Games that's a retail store biggest retail store in the UK but there was a different sponsor back then they've since uh, gone under um, and there were they sponsored a number of different channels a number of different content creators and by sponsor it's basically we shout people their way and they give us free stuff or discounted stuff right and um, I met Liam through that and there was a number of people and Liam is a curious little mushroom he is <laughs> when he says he's going to do something he does it a thousand percent um he's got that he's utterly keen and utterly devoted and utterly obsessed about 40k right. so me and him just our brains met on that thing but the other side of the things is Liam is also not a technophobe Liam is a technical genius so he's also got the all the bits that I didn't have all the bits that I couldn't do he can do as easy as blinking so creatively our brains were perfect but also um, in the practical sense he yeah, it was a match made in heaven, basically. We started talking to each other, and the more we talked to each other, the more we realized, one minute, if we, if we grow together, if we bandy together, together we can make one good human instead of two useless humans. So that's what we did. I was really happy to see him join up with you right at the beginning. He was part of another channel, and for the life of me, I can't remember the name, and I searched everywhere, and I can't find it. But he, he made appearances with another chap, on a uh, battle report channel, which uh, subsequently yeah. folded, and then he started his own thing, More Hammer, and then you two met, and so that all came about. And I was really, I, I used to really enjoy his occasional appearances on that other channel, whatever it was called. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's all, it's all very organic. The other channel was Visicast. That was it. his friend John. Yeah, that was his. And I, I met John when I was at a No Retreat event in Gibraltar. And then I went down and played on John's channel. And then I met, and then Liam, because John started winding down his channel. John, who ran Visicast, is a professional film, not film producer, video producer. He produces videos for all right. sorts of things. So, yeah, Liam was, was involved with him, and he still knows him, and I still know John. And yeah, he started his channel, his Morehammer thing. It's all very organic and all very yeah. natural, however. Yeah. Sort of flu.
and now, together, yeah. And now you've got deploymentzone.tv, which is yes. uh, you're wonderful. And uh, certainly the way it started out was very narrative-based. There are lots of narrative reports and campaigns even through the channel where you'd come back and sort of continue the campaign. Uh, and then, But you're still running winters. Is it difficult to keep both things going, both interests running? Not now in full time. When I was uh, working, it was really, really hard to keep both of them going at the same time. But not not now that I'm full time. I, I, I try and maintain a steady pace of content on Winter's SEO and a steady pace of content in the deployment zone as well. And the intention is in the future. And um, the reason why it's deployment zone and not Winters SEO Plus or Winter, yeah, the reason why it's a, a separate name is because Liam's in there as well. And in the future, we want um, more content from more creators in there as well. We've spoken to Den of Imagination, who are a painting studio, and once COVID's over, they want to do. Um, a painting tutorial session uh, uh, system for us, which we'll put in the deployment zone as well. Um, I'd love to get some narrative content, some law content in there as well. I want deployment zone to be more of a catch-all for a number of content creators. So it's not it's not difficult keeping the pace now, but it was it was at the start. Tell me about the factory because this is when deployment zone. Dot TV first started. Um, yeah, there was there was as you've already mentioned the dream is to do the job full time. But I have heard you reference in a couple of different situations the factory. I don't know if that means it was a literal factory or if it, that's what you just called the job. But uh, a literal factory. Um, <laughs> I worked in a, a factory for Swindon for in in Swindon in the UK for twenty years at shift work, uh, days and nights all over the place. Um, um, I. People, <laughs> I think people assume that because you're on YouTube, you might live some kind of glamorous other life. <laughs> but people right. were asking, people kept asking questions, or, or not kept asking questions, but some people ask questions about who you are and where you come from and blah, blah, blah. And just by referencing that, I'm saying, I'm, I, I see myself as a fan too, and as a guy, I'm working in a factory for a long time, shift work, this, that, and the other, and, and this is my hobby. And I started filming my hobby and putting it online, and fortunately the support I've had meant that I could eventually leave the factory. And uh, so, yeah, it was a real place. <laughs> yeah. And I hope many, many other people get the opportunity to leave their factories too or their working environments and produce more content full-time because it helps us all. It helps the wider community. It really is the dream, isn't it? I mean, to be able to to play the game, just play the game. Yeah. It's like you've mentioned mini wargaming a couple of times. The intro at the very start says, "We play and call it work," and that yeah. um, that is the dream. One of the one of the best things I really love about being a content creator is the opportunity to collaborate with other people, yeah. and I I'm happy to collaborate with with well I've. Happy to collaborate with anyone, anytime, from any other content creator. I've been to many other people's studios. It's really good fun um, meeting all these other personalities out there. And I, not only is it good fun, but I genuinely believe, I genuinely feel like the more we can help each other, the more we can promote each other's works, the better it is for everyone. I feel that in my bones. So I love doing that sort of thing. Do you uh, prefer to play narrative or competitive games? What's your... What's the most fun for you? Um, 
I prefer to play narrative games. That's the most fun for me. Right. Um, but, but I play open play and I play uh, competitive as well. The thing that I think the thing that you need to do, particularly in this environment, is know what kind of game you're playing beforehand. So when people come here, um, I don't put any um, preconditions on the game or what I'm asking for, but I do ask, are you bringing a competitive list? They'll say, well, what do you want me to bring? Or what sort of... No, no, no. You're coming here. You're making the effort to come all the way to my place with an army that you've built and painted and that you love. Tell, just tell me whether it's going to be a competitive game, a tournament-esque game, or whether it's going to be a narrative game, or whether you want something more open. And if so long as... I have that heads up. I'm happy to play competitively. I'm happy to play narratively. I prefer the narrative side of things, but I think particularly at the moment, because you can, because 40k has grown so large, as in so many different armies and so many different factions, you can really meet the rock to your scissors if you're not careful, or really meet yeah. the paper to your stone. And when you're trying to produce content that other people enjoy, if I just if I if I put up a report that's over in two turns that's not exciting for the audience um, so uh, yeah I don't mind which type of game I play but I need to know in advance what sort of game what sort of intention my opponent has right and then Mikey Herbert stuffs things up by bringing two armies and, <laughs> and having the whole yeah. conversation on camera. <laughs> he's, he's lovely though that was that was a fun uh, game for people listening I'm referencing um, Winters played Mikey Herbert. There was a there was an ongoing sort of challenge that went out, and then the battle report happened. It was a lot of fun and definitely worth yeah. watching. Um, now uh, the other thing that I think we should touch on is the the video about battling depression. Sixty thousand views on that video, uh, which was a big deal because uh, people suffering mental illness or depression or anxiety and so on make up a big part of this hobby. I believe people called it brave. I saw a lot of comments. People saying it was brave. How hard was it for you to? to do that uh, yeah it wasn't a lot of people called it brave and at the time I didn't feel brave and at the time I it felt rather easy to do which might sound strange but um, I, I left my job on that day and basically depression what happened to me was I was it was work-related stress outside of work my personal life and 40k life is actually really good and it's been very wholesome and very helpful for me to get away from the things that were causing me um, uh, a lot of distress both uh, mentally and also physically it had gotten to the point that was affecting me physiologically as well mm. um, and I'm still uh, seeing a therapist and I'm still taking medication for it and it's gonna be a while until I'm fully recovered I think so at the time I don't do vlogs on Winter's SEO, but I do do yearly updates. And I, it was time to do the yearly update for Winter's. And so I did an update. And I told people where I was and what had happened in the last year. And I couldn't hardly make a video highlighting my mental, my depression, telling people to go and talk to someone because I, one of the things I wished I'd have done a year ago is see someone, is talk to someone, is deal with it earlier. I wished I'd have dealt with it earlier. Hindsight's a wonderful thing, right? So I can hardly make a video saying, look, this year's been really bad and this is why. 
and I think you should go and talk to people if you have issues and not talk about it myself. I would have felt very, very hypocritical saying that. So I just, I just unloaded everything on the internet right. and just put it out there and crossed my fingers and, and hoped, hoped it would be well received. And the support and the thanks and the well-wishing and the number of people who have told me that it helped them in return as well it, the project was worth it the honesty honesty is its own reward and it, it, it yeah yeah. yeah, so that's what happened. It's remarkable. I think this is a real hot topic for me. I, my brother, uh, died a few years ago. Uh, he took his own life, and that led to a big spiral downwards for me. Before I discovered the hobby, so I only came into this late in seventh edition, and uh, I really found this is a great <laughs> way for me to go. Wow, this is something to focus on, and something really positive and, and enjoyable with a really great community people are generous and helpful and offering tips and advice and and then the gaming part of it you know aside from painting and yeah. collecting the the playing games it's just such a, a a really great way to get my head in a positive space yeah. and I, I've, I've loved that and all, but and I've also discovered I think along the way that there are a lot of people in this hobby who you know whether it's work related or just clinical or whatever it might be who have suffered through something and who use the hobby as a crutch or who have found the hobby helpful to to bring themselves out of the space yeah well i'm really sorry to hear about your brother um yeah i do think this hobby i don't know if it tracks more or less than other hobbies people but i do know this hobby is uh there's something about being creative, something about pouring. Mm. You can't be half in when you're playing or when you're painting or when you're investing some time in this hobby. It's not like watching something on TV in the background, is it? It's, it, 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 yeah, it's very immersive. The whole, from the law to the battle reports to painting to being creative yourself, it's very immersive, and I think it's a very good for mental health. And I, when you mentioned the community as a whole, I, I do think this community as a whole is, it's an awesome community as a whole. Obviously, there's a few bad apples out there. But, <laughs> right. You but, just don't spend don't know, too I long think, on Facebook. <laughs> I think, I mean, what sort of person does it attract? It obviously attracts people who are creative. It obviously attracts people who are imaginative, because if you're not creative or imaginative, why would you be in an imaginative world? It obviously attracts people who... If you play the game, at least, then uh, you're social. So um, there's a, a bit of self-filtering going on there, isn't there, to the type of uh, characters, the type of people that are attracted to it. So and I, I think th it's a great, great community. It is. It's Well, do you know what? I had this conversation with someone really recently about the community in general in 40K. My previous hobby was motorcycling. And as wonderful, as much as I enjoyed it and as wonderful as the hobby was, uh, a lot of other things you do, if it's surfing or fishing or whatever, if you get into it as a new person, there's very often a, I don't want to say stigma is too harsh a word, but a thing about being a noob. You know, people are almost yeah. reluctant to take you under their wing. They'll help you out a little, but then they want to ride off into the sunset and do their own thing. With yeah. this hobby, I have found it the opposite. People are just so generous with information and time and help and just wanting you to be a part of it as well that they just will instantly bring you into the fold and in a, in a, it's been fantastic yeah wouldn't it be 
awesome. I think everyone in this hobby agrees that wouldn't it be awesome if the ho- if the community was ten times larger than it is now? Mm. That would be epic. <laughs> ten times as much content, ten times as much players. Yeah. So I think that's a general feeling running all the way through it. And one of the things that I'm proudest of is actually in on DZTV. There's a huge community attached to it through the Discord that we have. So if you subscribe to DeploymentZone.tv, sorry about shouting about it, but no, no, <laughs> you can also it, get yeah. into the Discord as well. And um, there's a that community itself, yeah, is a microcosm of the wider 40k community, and it is very inclusive, very helpful, very. I'm very, very proud of the guys in there. Yeah. Uh, it it runs itself it looks after themselves we get uh, looking at my analytics in the discord there's over 10,000 messages going on in that thing a week every week it's wow. really active yeah so um now not that i want to stay on this this track too long but um uh, also covid's come along now um yeah you did a video recently where i, I get the feeling that this and i know that in the uk uh at the moment things are things are tough and it's really dragging on you yeah, it's hard for everyone, right? COVID is sucks. Yeah, yeah really. <laughs> Particularly when you need people to come around here and play. But COVID sucks in general for everyone. And a newsflash, it sucks for people who make content for the community as well. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it is what it is. Um, I, I'm lucky enough that one of, it turns out that one of the Deployment Zone subscribers lives five minutes down the road. <laughs> right. Which I think. And you can form support bubbles in the UK with a person who lives on their own, and they count as part of your household, or you count as part of their household. It stops. Say grandma lives on her own. It means you can still go around to visit grandma, or yeah, you yeah. know, it, it's part of the government's response to mental health. I'm sure many other countries have a similar thing. And Sultan lives on his own, so he formed part of my support bubble right at the start, or the support bubble right at the start. So I've still been able to play with him at least, even when we're in lockdown, lockdown, which has been very, very helpful. Um, but it's, it's yeah, the amount of content that I've been able to produce is, I wouldn't say halved, because they ease off on the breaks every now and then, and you can, then I'll film, 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 film constantly for a couple of weeks and try and get, for example, um, we're on full strict lockdown again now, but I've got about six weeks of content for Deployment Zone if I, re- if I release one a week. And I've got two or three videos ready for YouTube, ready to go up, um, even during this lockdown period, because I feel way in advance expecting it to happen again. So it's difficult. It means you're either running at 1,000 miles an hour or not at all. Yeah. But yeah. there are ways around it. Let's come back to... Uh, Warhammer 40,000, your favourite army to play. Is it different from your favourite army to film? Is is it all the same thing? Do you just have a, a favourite couple of armies that you love using on the channel? Um, favourite army to film, either any army to film is fine. It doesn't matter whether I'm filming my own or other people's. My favourite army is my Space Marines, the 13th, because mm. maybe because I've had them the longest, maybe because their law for me the the background law that i've developed for them is the deepest or maybe just because they're space marines and space marines and 40k are hand in glove i think <laughs> yeah so they're definitely my favorite right and uh you you also uh i think have a fondness for death guard yeah the death guard the end of all things they're really good as well yeah. I, I love them um an army that's really fun to play honestly is as well as orcs orcs are great fun to play 
doesn't matter if you lose or win, you always win. It doesn't matter if you play <laughs> against them, you always win. Right. Um, orcs are fun, and sometimes they don't do what you want them to do because there's some weird rules in there, which means stuff blows up or doesn't fire or X, Y, Z. Yeah. But orcs are great fun to play against, great fun to play with. I often try to play them more narratively than my other army, so my war boss might go running off in the wrong direction to kill something because that's what a war boss would do rather than actually take an objective. So I often do things like that with them because I have so much fun playing with them. It's... Um... I, you know, I discussed this with Lawrence when we had a chat as well. It's interesting because I'm, I'm like, I could not be further away from you. I'm geographically on the other side of the planet. If we drilled a hole yeah. straight through the middle, I'd end up in Swindon. So um, it's funny to me that you, obviously, I've just started a new army. I've just started Tyranids because for the similar reasons, I just think they'd be fun. I just think you kind of throw them at stuff and go crazy with them and it'll just be a fun game yeah um and so i was watching recently like i thought let's have a look at some battle reports tyranids learn how to play and i saw you playing your nids and uh it, it's funny to me that you're over there and i learned from that game and actually in a lot of ways that confirmed my decision great nids is where i'm going i love that i thought that looks so fun yeah you in Mid swindon are influencing my decisions in my spending at the local games workshop store on the other side of the planet, how how is that for you? That it's strange? a it's a funny old world, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> Technology is a funny old thing, um, but we're all part of one big wider community. Yeah, I'm I'm glad to be. Well, I'm sorry to your wallet. <laughs> Apologise. Well, it was going to happen though, one way or another. It just happens to be nerds. That's all. Nids are a great choice, though, um, because you can go full horde with them, have lots and lots of hordes. You can go big weapon beasts, either yeah. the big monsters by nom-nom-nomming or shooting. But you can also go full psyche with them as well. There's lots of psychers in that. Um, so there's lots of different ways to build quite strong tyranid lists, and they've got a lot of speed and mobility. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah was the, the that was the initial attraction, actually, was just the just how fast they can be. I like things to be fast moving. So my space wolves, as much as I love my wolves, I'm just not quite as fast as I would like. But anyway, we, that's, this isn't supposed yeah. to be a coaching session from you to me. <laughs> um, I want to touch on the cult of celebrity as well. Do you do right. folks recognize you at events and things and want selfies? Is this a, are, you a, are you a celeb uh, when you go out, out, out of doors? That doesn't – it's happened very rarely. Um, <laughs> um, I've been recognized at my local games workshop once. I do get recognized if I go to Warhammer World or other places. But, uh, I, yeah, it, it happens occasionally. Um, but it, it's happened so rarely now as not to be a thing or register with a thing in my head. And when people come up to me and ask questions, I'm as excited and as eager to ask them questions about their hobby experience and what they're doing as as vice versa so um yeah it it doesn't i, I don't feel it at all right. and i don't think it's a thing let's talk about what's next for the channel and for for deployment zone and for winters seo um COVID aside you know if we can just hope that that gets under control at some point in yeah. the next little while, uh, what's the what's the next year or so looking like for you? So COVID aside, if there was no COVID, there's two new armies coming this year, the 13th Militarum, my Astra Militarum, 
and the Necrons. So I'll be building on those. Um, what we want to do this year is we want to have at least three events every year through the deployment zone. So we had an open day a year ago, which was just a meet and greet, and a number of uh, events happened there. And so we want to have an open day every year. We want to have a narrative campaign every year. We want to have a um, tournament every year. So three op uh, events where you can meet us, which, which we run um, every single year. Um, uh, we want to. I want to. There's a number of campaigns that have been put on ice. So my first campaign for 2021 will be out by the time this goes out, which is the uh, 40k combat school, and that's in the deployment zone. Um, and there's a number of other campaigns, the Silver Cage, the Gehenna campaign, and there's another one that isn't named yet with, say, High Paul. So there's a number of campaigns that I really enjoy making those narrative campaigns. Um, so a number of events, number of campaigns, that's what's happening this year. The other big thing that is going to be happening this year, and I'll announce it now, because by the time this video comes out, the major announcement will be up, yeah. is I don't know if you've heard of Play on Tabletop, but they're another big battle yeah. report producer out there. Of course. Um, they're going to be making an exclusive series for the deployment zone as well. Wow. So that's coming out in 2021. That's a couple a of the videos will be on their channel, but then if you want to support Play on Tabletop more, if you want to support us more, then come join us in the deployment zone. So that's coming in 2021 as well. There's a lot of hope yeah. and a lot of excitement then looking ahead. We're trying to build a community and trying to build a platform where there are a number of content creators that can make more content more of the time and live off um, creating content more of the time. YouTube doesn't, unfortunately, provide enough. But with dedicated supporters out there, with dedicated fans out there helping us out, we can we can take the next step. So that's the plan for Deployment Zone in the future. It's not just about me and Liam. We don't want it to be just about me and Liam. I see a golden dream five, ten years <laughs> down the road where it's not just me and Liam. It's dozens of content wow. producers who, who are, are all part of one big happy club and there's many events and many things happening in the background as well. So that's, that's the goal. That's the dream. I don't know how we get there, but we get there step by step, I guess. Yeah. And the next step is play on tabletop. A Warhammer utopia. Um, yes. Uh, Winters, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Uh, and if I might borrow from someone I greatly admire, this is the way the interview ends. My thanks to Winters. Links to Winters SEO and Deployment Zone TV are in the show notes for this episode. Make sure to get yourself a Frontline Gaming Express Pass while you still can. That link is in the show notes too. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen. Next week, one of the more controversial figures in 40K, Nick Hayden from Blood of Kittens, explains why he does what he does. We'll see you then. And until then, this has been 40K Game Changers. I'm Steve Joel. Thanks so much.